0: 5 4
1: 3 two, one. Hey, hey, hey 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 Hey
2: Hey Hey Welcome everybody to today's um uh, Digital Masterclass, and uh, today we're going to be talking about three critical questions to fuel your brand strategy. Um, So I'm uh, Paul Muller, I'm a managing partner at MediaWorks in Leeds, and joining me today are Becca Tredgett, who's Head of Strategic Planning in the team in Leeds.
1: Hello.
2: And also Andrew Brown, who's Creative Strategy Director also at MediaWorks in Leeds. Hello. So you got the uh, Yorkshire massive today. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we we spend a lot of our time uh, working with clients on um, kind of brand strategies and brand communications and getting into kind of brand advertising. Um, so yeah, we 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 like to have a think about things and to talk about things. And um, I think today. What kind of was a bit of a, a trigger for what we want to go through was um, an article that uh, Mark Ritson put in Marketing Week. Um, well, it was on the it was it was at the end of January, but um, I think he raised some really interesting points, and it was kind of off the back of the latest Gartner um, survey into CMOs, so Chief Marketing Officers. And um, what Gartner do is they go across 400 um, different CMOs and uh, kind of ask questions about which elements of your kind of marketing mix um, are going to be the priorities for you over the next 18 months. And I think what's interesting about this is it kind of reflects or it's starting to reflect now a bit of... um, Post-COVID thinking. I know we're not entirely post-COVID, but certainly coming out the other side of it, and um, different businesses kind of reacting and reflecting on um, possibly how the world has changed. Um, so um, the, the, the I think I think the kind of interesting things coming from this. So the the. The top of the list um, out of all the different elements of the marketing mix comes brand strategy um, and 33% of CMOs are putting that absolutely top of their list and below that are things like um, market analytics coming in at 29%, digital commerce at 26%, you know, uh, marketing technology, 22 percent, personalization, 14 um, percent, you know, so it kind of it kind of, you know, and, and I think the ones that are lower down the list, either represent um, areas of the marketing mix that people feel confident that they've they've got established and they know what they're doing with. Um, but clearly, it's um, it was very interesting. To see that brand strategy had come so high up the agenda, so I think you know one of the things that we found interesting about that was asking the question why. Mm. Um, And I think there was another interesting um, uh, article that we read this week, and it was around the back of um, the launch of Aviva's new um, advertising campaign. Um, And um, there were some really, uh, well, a couple of really interesting things that really stood out to me. Mm. So. Aviva uh, you know, one of the one of the big um insurance brands in the UK. Um and um you know the 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 new head of brand there was talking about their need to kind of re-cement their position and um you know to, to drive growth and, and actually the the new advert, if you haven't seen it, is is you know it's a powerful advert, it's it's great. Um but he he um in in the article discussed and, and his quote was uh, you know, we want to weaponize the brand. It is the commercial weapon that will help us grow. And you kind of go, okay, well what, what did he mean by that? And there's a another quote a bit further down the article where he says, When a customer thinks about something in our category and you have that empty Google search bar in your head, who's popping up first? And I think he's um, you know, he's getting at um the fact that you know, often when we when we talk about performance marketing, it's like making sure that we're there when people search. And he's kind of almost um, talking about the moment that happens before that. So, rather than someone typing in car insurance into the Google search box, he wants them to type in Aviva. He wants he wants the brand to already be there in 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 the consumer's um, mind. Um, and you know, and I, and I think that you know, probably some of this, um, the the reason why um, brand strategy is coming really high up with the the CMO survey, is that I think a lot of um, businesses that operate and have um, you know do very strong in performance marketing. Um, I, I, having had a, a year over a year of um, you know very high octane digital marketing mm-hmm. and e-commerce um, to kind of ask questions about where you go next and often the the place where you get your advantage next is within your brand um, and and I think for a lot of those kind of businesses um, they can you know reach a point and go okay we we maybe lost track of where our brand is a little bit and um and knowing what to do about that and i think for other businesses that may have had a very tough time during lockdown um starting to say okay well how do we catapult ourselves how do we get back in front of people how do we get back on people's agenda then the role of brand is going to be really really important in doing that so so i think i think there's a you know there's a few things going on there that, that explain why a brand is, is is kind of shooting back up the agenda and um you know, Mark Ritson has a has a, a few interesting points that he makes about how to how to think about this. And, you know, certainly you know, he, he kind of talks about three different kind of principles. So, you know, diagnose first and then think about strategy second. Um, he talks about strategy being as much about what you're not going to do as to what you are gonna do. And, and the final thing that, you know, he definitely says is, you know, always think about strategy before tactics. Um, so it's kind of, you know, being very clear about um, your, your your strategy in relation to your brand before you get anywhere near to uh, executing. Um, and I think, you know, when we read something like this, we kind of go, yeah, well, this is, you know, this is this is what we tell clients to do. This is how we work as well. So what we wanted to do today is kind of just step through then Um what what our kind of top recommendations are for, you know, refreshing, revisiting or or just building from str- scratch um, your brand strategy and how to think about that. And, um, you, you know, to make it to make it robust. And then um, uh, and then finally, we just want to talk about um, how then creative becomes different for brand marketing than it is for other other forms of marketing as well. So. That was my lengthy preamble. We did say that Paul might do a big preamble, yeah. today, but um, but yeah, I, you know, I think I think sometimes you read things and and, and you, you know, it's 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 reflecting on why why this is back, why 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 is this kind of piquing everybody's interest? But now having 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 thought about that and explored that a little bit, let's go into the process that we go through. So we're going to kind of go through three steps to success. So Becca over to you for yeah well the us. first
1: you know we always start with really is looking at the audience isn't it and it's really kind of understanding everything we can know about the audience the category what's going on in their world um and i think you know from a brand point of view um you know we definitely look at that kind of market size we'll be looking you know we invest in new gov profiles which is a great tool that allows us to kind of build audience, isn't it and kind of see a real world representation of um, those audiences and um, so you know that's really really important where we looking at what audiences we want to target what are the best audiences to target where the volume is um within those audiences, and then you know when we're going to getting down to our tactical execution and it might be more about um, sales activation um what those audience segments we might we might want to go after um but we i think we also appreciate and recognize that um, a lot of brands and a lot of companies might not have access to that data so we often get questions about how can we do that without necessarily you know investing in a massive tool and I think what we're seeing over the last um, probably about year really is about the importance of search data sorry I don't know if you can hear those sirens (laughs) it's all work kicking off in needs to center um but yeah very much that kind of search data and I think how it can um, give you insight into kind of your awareness and perception of your brand, but actually about how much kind of demand there is in a category to so being able to understand more about what consumers are looking for um, and actually understanding what different levers you can pull in terms of your products to really understand. Uh, you know where that kind of opportunity is within um, your audiences. So that's kind so, of def-
2: so. So that so that's very much about um, thinking about the size, scale, yeah. and segments that you can go to go to to yeah, establish a, to, to establish a kind of potential demand in the market before yeah. you get anywhere near. The, the next stage is going to go through. So the first yeah, step is all about kind of size. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So that's very much looking outward. And then really, you know, what we would say as well is you need to understand how your brand is performing. Um, you know, you you we need to understand before you get into proposition those kind of areas what are the different um you know what are your strengths and where are your where are you know your issues and I think really the gold standard um, for a lot of brands is to do things like brand tracking so understanding at each point of your um, consumer funnel where are you where are you in terms of things like awareness consideration purchase intent or whatever that kind of funnel looks like for your brand and then you can very much understand um you know the category average understand falling down in certain areas you might have thought you had a consideration problem but actually doing that brand tracking might lead you to understand that you have more of an awareness problem and those are kind of very different strategic approaches Um, so again we would say that would be really the gold standard of what we'd be recommending brands to do and be by doing that on a kind of ongoing basis um, really, And, you know, again, there's some great um, services out there that can do that for you. And um, we work with brands that use YouGov Brand Index, which is um, basically tracking your brand on pretty much an ongoing basis so you can see it in real time, which is always really, really interesting. Um, but like I kind of mentioned a moment ago, again, search data um, is a huge wealth of information for brands. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of research come out. I think it was Kantar that came out and said that there's a huge kind of correlation between your kind of awareness as a brand um, and your kind of search um volumes compared to competitors as well so i think that's something we've been using i think a lot more definitely in the last kind of 12 months isn't it looking at that search yeah. data but in, kind of, in terms so, of those like, metrics as well
2: yeah so 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 in a, in a in a very clever way um yes you can go the you route through or, or other kind of you yeah. know bigger tools route but like you say um search in itself can tell you a lot about the size of your market but also this point about brand health if you're benchmarking against um, your competitors you will see your your brand visibility versus them which will give you a really accurate read on your brand health Um, so that's scale and um and and uh health so what would we then look at
1: yeah. yeah so i think next is really under it's really understanding more about your kind of um audiences behaviors their kind of motivation their attitudes their interests um, to really kind of build up to those next levels of your strategy um and you know there's quite a few that we look at. So I kind of already mentioned YouGov um, in terms of understanding a lot more about kind of category use, demographics, um, you know, getting into psychographics as well and really kind of getting into um, why your audiences feel certain ways. Um, there's other tools like Global Web Index that are often very similar, which are brilliant. But I think, again, it's going back to what are all those different data sources you can use and, you know, social listening, if you're in certain categories, can be really brilliant and um, you can see a lot about what people are saying about a category, what are their pain points, what are their interests, and what are they talking about? Um, But then again, that kind of search data, and I think, you know, really getting into that long-tail data as well about, um, you know, understanding what are people's issues with the category, what are they thinking about a brand, and that is all stuff that you can kind of bring through um, to your kind of tactical stages. Um, and I think as well it's really thinking about there's a huge amount of research out there as well about really looking at all of that research you can kind of get your hands on as well to supplement all of that kind of owned data um, that you might have and really um, you know there's a lot of stuff out there you know like Gartner, Achilles Moray and you know Nielsen you know that have a huge amount of um, really good um, data that you know could be quite broad but when you kind of combine that with the specifics of looking at your audience in um, to web index or that kind of search and social data and that can be really really powerful and I think um, another one that we really you know tend to look at a lot as well is keeping an eye on competitors and peers and understanding what they're doing in the category Mm. and again like Paul says it's almost important to understand what not to do as well Um, you know not just copying them but actually for, or even looking for the kind of gaps in what they're doing about where we could do something that would be um you know very different or you know really resonate with audiences so it's kind of I guess a little bit of um, a, a, an overview of our insight process isn't it
2: yeah 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 and and I think um yeah but but we we would always say that you know understanding your audience understanding your prospect understanding your consumer um is is you will build everything on top of that and um yeah, I, th- I think that you know whether you, whether you are whether uh, you know a, a new product and you're creating a brand new market, you know it has to be it has to be linked into some kind of pro- solving a need or um, you know delivering a service that people haven't had before. But um, as Becca said at the end, then looking at things like competitors. Um, uh, you, you know me, andrew and i were were doing a, a presenting a piece of work this morning where you know competitors uh in a particular market are trading on um on price um and actually when uh we we went out and did some research and actually you know the, the reason why people were, were were buying the product that we were talking about was about uh additional value um longevity trust and all these kind of things so you know you start building that into your brand promise and um it, you know and and before before you know it just by looking at your audience you've kind of almost started to kind of write half of your strategy so mm-hmm. so every, everything can kind of um everything starts from that um it, it could also you know just just reveal things about certain segments when you look at behaviors that so there might you might actually need to say two different things to do different segments or people might respond to in different ways to things mm-hmm. so um it, 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 it never never be scared of understanding more about your audience and i i, I we've we just had a question in about um the kind of tools and becca did cover a lot of those mm. um yeah some of those are expensive and you know uh, at MediaWorks we have um, subscriptions to some pretty meaty tools so you know um you can come through an agency to to get access to those tools or as becca said you can you know, it, it will take you more time, but there are, there are free studies and surveys out there. Mm. And, you know, we probably do a bit of both and we we always go hunting for the latest information. You have to be very, um, you, you have to have a certain mentality to to look at your audiences and really, really hunt down information and be finding nuggets that are going to be things that you can build, build the next part of your mm. strategy on. Mm. So coming on to the next part then, so that was kind of like the who um. So I think the next part of um, of brand strategy is really around the what.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, like we said, we're very kind of into our insight, but we're also very, um, I guess, very strict about what's important, what's not, and, you know, it's not just of insight into the mix it's about really um being pointy with all of that and going what are the important bits what are not and you know we would take all of that and our next step would be really understanding um you know a proposition for this audience and your audience and really you know if you've taken all of that insight you've insight kind of opportunities out the back of that that should really give you a good understanding and um, if you know what your audience want from a brand and you know how what kind of um you know what might resonate with them and how you would sit in the category i think what's really important is that it's about combining you know what you know externally about that audience and you know what they might want and what might resonate with them but also thinking about what kind of equity that you have in your brand already you know what are your what's your kind of heritage what are your truths what can you trade on already that isn't absolutely starting from scratch and how can you combine what you already have with what potentially could be a change in the audience or what you know what the audience needs um so I think really really um you know looking at that and how that can kind of combine together and um we we always kind of do a proposition and we really to be very snappy with it as well you know we will have a look at um you know standardly we will write a bit of a statement which will be around we exist too we will do this by which will make you feel and that can be um a really good i guess a statement the statement you know, the same reason and the statement but also a bit of a check for our creative isn't it to go right is it delivering what our strategy and our yeah. insights say they will
2: yeah and i think um it's quite interesting if you, have uh, for any of uh, any, any of the attendees who follow Mark Ritson, and he can be quite cheeky and to the point uh, about mm-hmm. some things. Um, certainly, the one one of the things that he's not a big fan of is kind of you know really really complex brand models, essences, um, you know over the years you know you you see a lot of these and you can spend a lot of time wordsmithing them and crafting them and um you know certainly when we're working internally we 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 try to keep it really simple, which is what becca just said So just kind of repeat that we we build our our kind of brand propositions brand promises whatever you want to call it and we it, it's always the same thing, but we distill it down to you know we exist too. What, what 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 is what is our product? What is our service? You know what what does it actually do? um We will do this by so how how how, how does that manifest itself in into your consumer's life? Um, um, um Which will make you feel? Which will make your customer your consumer your your prospect? Well, how's it going to make them feel? Well, you know. So you've got a kind of very functional bit in we exist to. You've got a kind of rational set of statements but this could also be where you are different from your competitors about how you deliver what you do and how you go about that which is that we will do this by and then you've got this emotional bit and the emotional bit is really important and it's how it will make people feel what's what's Mm -hmm. the emotional benefit for them and then um like Becca said, you know, you, 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 you then round all of that off with a, with a kind of snappier one-liner where you're, you're really trying to kind of get that down into, into one statement, and then that can become a really jumping-off point for, you, for your brand work and um,
1: mm-hmm. your
2: kind of campaigns. Um, it, broadly speaking, all of the different brand models do something similar to that, but I think that we, we you know, we find that we can get to that quite quickly um, just using that kind of simpler model.
1: Yeah, and I think we were kind of talking about earlier as well, and I think one of the things is the snappier you make it, the less choice it gives people. You know, if you've got, we talked about earlier, did not we, Andrew, that if you've got pages and pages and pages of, you know, brand models and propositions and, you know, it could mean that everyone can take a little bit of it and you all end up seeing the brand in a different way. Whereas if you force yourself to be really, really snappy with it, you know, everyone is marching behind the same thing. So I think that's where we try and get to a really, really um, you know, single statement, paired back statement that we know that down the line it's not gonna kind of evolve into different brands everywhere.
0: Yeah, people see what see what they want in things a lot of the time, don't they?
2: Mm-hmm. Um
0: and uh I guess uh you know, all of that all of that work getting to the, that proposition is, is really fee ultimately a lot of the time feeding a obviously a whole uh plan with the strategy the pro- proposition is really feeding a creative brief that the, mm-hmm. you're then gonna uh hope that your creative teams will run off free their minds come up with great ideas but not uh not fall off the track along the way mm-hmm. um and it and 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 it, you know the uh the, the creative's job, really, is to come up with brilliant ideas, but why are they coming up with brilliant ideas? Uh, you have research that shows half of an advert's overall effectiveness comes from the quality of the creative. Uh, and if, if creative can supercharge a plan, a strategy, uh, an idea, and make it loads more effective, then I guess it also has the ability to completely suck the life out of uh, uh the plan as well and make it yeah. much less effective
2: mm-hmm. well before we dive into that let's mm-hmm. just cover off our third bit so I think um you know pro- propositions are really important yeah. and I think when whenever we talk to clients and we're working through this kind of process and um you know when when we present back and we, we we're kind of strategizing and coming up with solutions we, you know we always follow this model we do the insight then we do the proposition on the next bit and then we're going to the creative the proposition should be the thing that 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 lies at the heart It's the pivot point between your insight and your creative and everything should always resolve back to that point you know the insight should lead to that point the creative should come from that point and whenever you check having a sense check about you know is what you're doing um in line with your your audience in line with uh, you, you know is going to Work effectively against your competitors it's all baked into that proposition, so we can we can't can't over emphasize the importance of of a proposition and focusing on that and then being really disciplined as Andrew said to make sure your creative ties back to it as well, mm-hmm. but it should entirely be built from your your insights so so just before we get on to talking about creative um mm-hmm. so we've we've kind of talked about the who and we've talked yeah. about the what in terms of the proposition so um We're not going to go all Simon Sinek on everybody and talk about the why now. We're going to talk (laughs) about the how.
1: Yes, definitely. So, you know, you've got everything now in terms of understanding what tactics, you know, you need to um, undertake to get to, you know, your goal. But I think really the first bit that we always say to clients is about setting out your objectives. Um, And I think, you know... They are, you know, hugely, hugely important. But I do think sometimes, and I think Mark Ritson says this in his article, doesn't it, sometimes they can be very vague and they can be, um, you know, there can be not much um, science or data behind them. It can be maybe a bit, oh, I'd just quite like to do this you know, no real kind of um, improvement. So I think, you know, what we've seen some of the best examples um, of clients giving us objectives is things like we want to move our awareness from this percentage to this percentage within this period of time. And, um, you know, if it's a bit more of a sales activation, it might be about um, an increase in penetration or an increase in sales or, you know, reaching a certain audience. So I think, um, you know, our best bit of advice is to be as specific as you can, but also as single-minded as you you can um you know it is very very rare that um you know companies have budget to do absolutely everything in the world so it is about really prioritizing and i think that is where you will get the best from your agency as well if you can be very single-minded um, in what you need to achieve and that tracks back to your commercial goals and um, that's when you're going to get the kind of best proposals back um, and, you know, you're going to kind of get the best work. So I think that would be our biggest um, bit of advice is doing that. And, you know, really to get to those objectives as well, it kind of goes back to when we were talking about tracking your brand health and that bit, that piece of work should really help you understand, right, you know, you might have figured out, right, consideration is my problem. I need to increase consideration by X amount. So telling your agency that will, you know, help really um, the kind of tactics they'll undertake to get you to that increase in consideration by a certain point in time.
2: Yeah. And, and, and the other thing that's really important at this point is then having a very clear view of your, whether you want to call it a funnel or yep. your, 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 your consumer journey, your consumer experience or your ecosystem, whatever you want to call it. But being very clear about what channels you're talking about, the role of those channels in either impacting awareness and consideration or purchase mm-hmm. um, and then making sure that your objectives are tied into that. And again, you know, when, when we're looking at solving these, um, you know, problems for clients and coming up with, um, you, you know, our, our proposals, we, alongside our proposition, we always have our consumer journey model or our ecosystem. And we always have the role of the channels within that as well. So we're very specific at that point about the channels mm-hmm. and what, what role they're going to be playing. Um uh, you know, and, and again, like Becca said, you know, the more the more specific the brief and the objective, the, the more specific the objectives are, the better brief you will, you'll be able to generate and the better solution you'll be able to come up with.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like Paul says, we'll go into, you know, consumer journeys, experience mapping, understanding what are the opportunities to delight your audience, what are the opportunities to absolutely fail your audience. It might even be discovering... Um, new opportunities as well, mightn't it? You know, we've done that. um, that. So really understanding all the different touch points. And then I think, you know, when we get into, like Paul touched on it briefly then, um, understanding about channels. But again, it's as much as what channels you're not going to do about, you know, as channels that you are going to do. Again, I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, very few marketers will have budget to stretch across every single channel that comes out with the insight so again it's about going to that back to that really specific objective and that's going to help you to understand really how to prioritize those channels um, and I think again it goes back to all of that insight as well it's um, yes definitely about understanding where your audience are um, in terms of channels from kind of a media perspective that you know that is where you will get your biggest reach but I think it's really understanding the kind of context of those channels as well um, and how they you know your audience using it and the mindset they're in because you know there's obviously a big difference between cost efficiency you know what the cheapest channel there is but actually that is very expensive if it doesn't work when another channel might be more effective and I think you kind of see that a lot in kind of insight that we pull out especially around social and kind of b2b marketing Facebook is you know generally when we're looking at social the most kind of cost effective and cost efficient channel but actually you know it might be something that like LinkedIn where your audience is in a bit more of a business mindset although maybe the media on it might be a bit more expensive it's more effective so you know it's actually generating you a better ROI so yeah I think cool you go
2: well well I was just going to kind of say so so I think um you know so so you know those three elements of the uh, of the who the what and the how um that will give you everything that you need to be able to kind of um weaponize your brand as uh as our, our friend aviva said um mm-hmm. and and you know to be able to influence different aspects of the of the funnel um and you, you know it, we we would certainly recommend that that everybody has those elements in place and that you build your strategies in in that kind of way now Mr. Ritson doesn't always or often talk about creative, and um, but I think that's just because he's a planner. You know, he's from that kind of background. Um, uh, but I think when we were when we got together and we were talking about this, you know, w- well, why why why, where, where does, why why should creative be the final part of this, Andre? <coughs> um, I, I
0: guess. Uh like I say, you you have the ability that when you're executing different elements of your plan to, to, I I wanna use Mark Ritson language to F it up (laughs) Um, and and ensuring that, that, that that process carries through into creative, it'll help you brief creative better in order to get the better things out of it, but it also kind of helped you evaluate creative. Um, so I guess kind of going back to our uh, process, the way that we do that is, like Becca says, get that proposition uh, as, as uh, tight as possible and as, as uh, single-minded as possible. A- ensure that, that you kind of, that you really, really nail in things, the how does it make you feel, um, and how does it, how how should it make you feel uh it's one of the one of those ones that uh where it's it's really easy to go it made you sh- should make you feel brilliant like you really want to buy our thing um and that's not really what that bit's about that bit is the the bit that, that spikes back up into the the what the brand stands for and what the brand really means um so, so that you pull it pulling that that kind of a uh, uh, brand promise all the way through all of your communications, no matter where, where you are on the funnel. Um, when, you're, when you're presenting back to clients, they often want choice and don't want to pick just one thing. So you need to build on different platforms that allow you to explore uh, uh, the creative in different ways. But but make sure that those those all those different ways things that you are exploring are coming back to that brand proposition. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we we often develop three creative platforms just because three is a magic number. Um, uh, based based really firmly around what, you, what your what proposition is saying, and use those as as jumping off points for um, for creative development to keep. The creative ideas on track. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, like Paul says, we were pre- we've, we've really just been presenting. Uh, so all the all the uh, platforms I've got in my head are the ones that we have presented this morning. <laughs> so without without kind of uh, uh, saying who, what, or why uh, it was for, but for example, one of the platforms was a wise choice, mm. and it just means that that you've kind of Im- immediately given the creative some some kind of track in order to uh, to start sparking off and working ideas off and and generating brilliant ideas from <clears throat> but you're immediately pulling it back to <clears throat> to, to what you what your insights telling you and what what you've uh, written on your proposition um in in terms of then you, you know you need to free your mind to go and go and come up with brilliant ideas but brilliant ideas that that have of, of got legs need
2: to be developed in order to make them really work hard for for your brand and again and, do- and just just before you go into this andre i think it's um when, when we were chatting this morning you know a lot of a lot of marketing and a lot of um you know kind of business as usual marketing can really revolve around price or you know we've got a promotion we've got this Mm -hmm. or whatever and um and i think it's when you go okay well so so you talk about all this brand stuff and you know the guy from aviva going we want people to when they're faced with a blank search box think of our brand Mm -hmm. you're, you're about to just kind of talk about well why why is that kind of brand creative different right
0: yeah uh, the yeah the a lot of the time I think a lot of people don't do brand creative at, at all do they mm. um and and you know if you think about uh the the Aviva advert that you were you were talking about earlier it's it's it can be seen as quite esoteric, really there's the, there's the 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 immediate meaning isn't clear, necessarily clear to everybody watching it, Mm -hmm. but it's very emotive. It's kind of, it it takes you on an emotional journey, doesn't it? And it kind of, it it makes you feel something for a brand that is representing different areas and different product areas and services that that they they give. But they need to take that through to their, the, uh, uh, all the points on the customer experience as well, so so that they're kind of they're making you feel that. I mean, the adverts about being a, a kind of partner for life and being the the, the 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 thing that will will allow you to get back and can uh, 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 somebody somebody ends up meeting re meeting their family at the end, is not it? Um, yeah and and kind of kind of feel those those emotional tug points as well even even if you're on at the by now spiky end mm-hmm. um, when when we're we're developing the actual uh, ad products and 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 developing the the creative through, uh we tend to follow a, a ABC model. That where where we look at whether something is abnormal uh, has benefit and is culturally relevant, uh, and I guess this is where we tack back to a lot of the the things Becca was talking about uh, in terms of building those audiences, but then looking around those audiences and and seeing what what's going to have an impact on them, what's going to going to uh, Make them feel something emotionally, and what's going to resonate resonate with them culturally. So uh, that ABC model is uh, a, a is abnormal. So is there something that's going to that's going to make you stop and look? Is there something stand out about the communication, uh, the thing that you that you're watching? Uh, does it communicate a benefit, or does it have? Is it is it itself beneficial intrinsically? Is, it, is does it have a use? um and and then yeah, is it specific to the audience that you're talking about? uh is it culturally re- relevant? Is it going to resonate with them um, and the, the the world that they they inhabit? Uh, so I guess you know a, a simple examples of of that working might be uh Warburton's big Crumpets ad, where you know the product itself is quite good at a b and c actually it's quite abnormal because it's a really big crumpet <laughs>
1: it's
0: very beneficial because there's loads of it and uh, it's
1: also a really big crumpet
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's culturally, culturally <laughs> relevant to people who grew up eating pikelets um <clears throat> but then bring bringing the ad for that and you're not just showing people a big crump crumpet you're uh, you're letting the muppets loose on it mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you've got something that uh, is Absolutely stand out because I mean, to be honest, the, the uh, my daughter w- was uh, was making the point the other day that uh, uh, you could really take any film and let the Muppets make it, and it would probably be better than the original film. <laughs> so, as soon as you put the Muppets in something, you know it's going to be great. Uh, uh you they they it's all about the crumpet, so it has the the product benefit in, and of course, for. Anybody of a certain age, the well, I, to be honest, puppets are probably culturally relevant mm. in Britain to anybody of any age. Mm.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, those are that's the kind of uh, creative process we go through uh, in order, in order to to craft ideas into something that's really going to work. But it's also something you can use to to evaluate creative um and and just check that it's it's doing those you know it's doing all of those things
2: mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think that a plus b plus c is uh is really cool and you know worth worth anybody looking at an advert and going did, did it do that has it got yeah. the standout has it got the benefit and has is it culturally relevant um and and do, do you go and have a look at that aviv rad it, it is great and mm-hmm. um the way that it delivers its um emotional punch by being culturally relevant because it's kind of like it's not a story about COVID but mm. at the end of it is about it's a family being reunited yeah. so it's just you know scored a massive emotional punch being really relevant and um and you know and then have a think about the the sense that that left you feeling about Aviva as a brand um mm-hmm. the rest of the narrative is more directly related to things that are to do with insurance but without kind of really being about insurance i imagine it'll be the first of a series of films and it'll be very interesting to see how it
1: mm-hmm.
2: um how it plays out in other channels as well yeah. um when you when you take a big a big bold emotional idea like that um but you know and and it will track all the way back through to insight in terms of the demographics of the people in the advert the locations the kind of scenarios that they're talking about their fears um what is make what they're looking forward to in life their aspirations all of that is built up from that and um you know it's not an advert that's kind of it's not painting by numbers but you can see that it's 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 been constructed and built on top of really solid things and it's 100% a brand ad um that is making you think about aviva without mm. saying uh cheap car insurance and it's better than direct line um so uh really, really good example. So. Okay, so we're we're kind of um, out of time, believe it or not. That that went by quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So I think um, yes, um, if you're thinking about brand strategy uh, as the top of your list, and you're not alone. All the the world's best CMOS are thinking about brand strategy, how it's going to help them grow. Um, in their markets um whether you're a a, you know performance marketing brand that you'd like to get um instead of just continuously bidding could you can you get get a jump ahead of the competition by cementing your brand more or you may be you know a, a startup and you're needing to establish yourself or or a company that's had a bit of a tough year and you're needing to kind of re um you know retell people that you exist and come and discover your products all over again um, your, your brand is going to be, um, your, and your brand communications are going to be really important to do that. So just to kind of just very quickly recap. So what did we talk about? We talked about the who. So understanding your audience, you cannot overestimate how important it is to understand your audience. Understanding your audience is everything. So that's market size, how they perceive your brand, the behaviors that you could tap into, and starting to think about p- potential segments within that um understanding what we stand for so the what the proposition um you know the functional the the kind of operational but then the emotional side of your of your brand and you know we believe that you know get get that right and you've got a good foundation for your brand advertising you've got a good foundation for your content marketing for your social engagement everything but that needs to come from that um the 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 how the tactics um you know looking across your whole um, experience map your funnel your customer journey whatever model you have but being really really clear about the 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 roles of all the channels um, setting objectives within that that are specific that have a time constraint on them and then being able to map those objectives back into that ecosystem again yeah we know we know what channel to do this on Mm
1: -hmm. it's going to
2: be social media and it's playing a consideration role or whatever it's going to be um, and then, yeah, finally, um, just remember brand creative is different, and you know you need to approach it differently, but there are ways to be systematic, logical about all of this, and to ensure that then that tracks back through everything else that we've just been talking about and the a plus b plus c um is a is a very good model for that. Andrew didn't talk about the v there is a v, but we'll save that for another day <laughs> um so Thank you very much, um, everybody, for attending today. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, And, um, you know, I'm sure the guys will reach out to you if you've got any uh, further thoughts or follow-ups that you would like to do with us. And um, look forward to um, seeing you again. There will be another Masterclass next Tuesday. Uh, Watch out for um, who's going to be hosting it. As I say always, when we do one, it won't be as good as this one, but it will be interesting nonetheless. So um, enjoy the rest of your week and thanks for coming along. Cheers, guys. Bye. Guys. Hey guys, Bye. Auto sequence to start with five, four, three, two,
0: one. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey,
1: hey, hey.